The following is brought to you by TheKnowledge.com, Dustin Campbell, Daily Tech News Show, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, and Craig. Welcome, everybody, to the Politics, Politics, Politics podcast for October 1st, 2021. It's officially spoopy season. And certainly there is a lot going on in Congress. My name is Justin Robert Young. And because this is a part of the show that you guys really, really, really have responded to, we're never going to be the best when it comes to breaking news. We're never going to be the ones that bring you scoops because, you know, that's really not my strength. But what we can do that not many people do is bring you a little context, a little historical shading. So we might look at wherever we are in this current congressional cluster and maybe get a sense of either where we're going or where this differs. And so what we're going to do in this show is take you all the way back to 2009, the passage of the Affordable Care Act, colloquially known as Obamacare. Indeed, then, as there has been this week, there were two recalcitrant Democratic senators that were stopping this bill from becoming law or at least being sent to the House. How did that situation end up, and how does that contrast to what has happened in D.C. recently? Also, we're going to take another broader look beyond what's happening on the Hill and take a look at a very troubling poll for Joe Biden, as he is now underwater with a shocking, shocking demographic. How many people trust him to tell the truth about COVID? That's not a place that he wants to be, considering the fact that he was the adult in the room on COVID is part of the reason why he's, you know, president right now. We will get to that. We will also have an awesome conversation with our friend Matt Donnelly. This is really the back bookend to a conversation that we had with him and his co-hosts on the Ice Cream Social podcast about the history of. Uh, or about where Vegas was, rather, when it came to COVID protocols. What was the future of that town in the world in which a respiratory virus had shut everything down? What we will go over in this interview, I think, is fascinating. Where Vegas went, how it became more cautious and less cautious at the exact same time, and some really insane trends that, that 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 Matt brings up that may or may not actually permanently reshape the kind of people that go to Vegas and what that might mean for the Vegas that evolves around it. All that. Burn. Burn. 
Now let's look back at the last time the Democrats found themselves in a situation like this. It's 2009. Welcome to Washington Unplugged. I'm Capitol Hill correspondent Nancy Cordes. Today on the show, President Obama has called all 60 members of the Senate Democratic Caucus, that's 58 Democrats, two independents, to the White House today to talk to them about the health care bill. Now, the Democrats found themselves in a much better position legislatively then than they do now. Theoretically, they had 60 blue votes to pass things through the Senate. That was after an Arlen Specter flip across the aisle, was a Republican, then became a Democrat, and Al Franken finding out that he was good enough, smart enough, and gosh darn it, the people of Minnesota liked him. He became a decisive a Democratic senator that then, along with two independent senators who caucused with the Democrats, that would be Lieberman and Bernie Sanders, they had the votes that they needed. But true then, as it is now, just because you have the votes doesn't mean you have the votes. The two Senate holdouts in 09 were Lieberman of Connecticut and Ben Nelson of Nebraska. Let's start with Lieberman, who you are probably more familiar with since he ran for vice president once in 2000 and reportedly almost ran again in 2008 on a unity ticket with John McCain. Both of them were being worked relentlessly by then-majority leader Harry Reid of Nevada. But our modern question is for Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Sinema of Arizona. What do they want? What are they willing to live with? And what is their top line number that they will agree to? You didn't like six trillion, so it came down to 3.5 trillion. You don't like 3.5 trillion. Are you willing to live with two? Are you willing to live with one? What are you willing to live with? That's what, what the back and forth is. So back in 09, what did Nelson and Lieberman want? Well, we'll start with Lieberman. Lieberman's issue was scope. Specifically, he did not, with Obamacare, want a public option. So, an option guaranteed by the federal government. Here he is on Face the Nation explaining his position. You just heard uh, the White House top advisor on such things saying that it is likely that both the House and Senate will finally come up with a, some kind of a health care bill that has some sort of public option in it. What's your take? Uh, I hope not. Um, in other words, uh, I'm all for health care reform. Um, it, it, we have a system that needs fixing, but we've got some more urgent problems than that. And the first most urgent is to fix our economy, to get it creating jobs again. And I think that a public option will actually hurt uh, the economic recovery and our long-term uh, fiscal situation because it will end up causing the government to raise taxes, will probably raise premiums, or it will put us further into debt. You know, the public option came out of nowhere. If you look at last year's presidential campaign, Bob, no mention of it. The goal has always been two goals. One is make health insurance more affordable, and two, extend it uh, to people who don't have it now. Uh, the public option, I think, was raised in the last year by people who really want to have a government-controlled 
health insurance system. That's they're right. I think they're wrong, but it's not necessary, as President Obama has said over and over again, to achieve the goals that he has. So I, I hope it's not in there at the end. And as we are learning in the modern version of this drama, the holdouts with the power ultimately get what they want. Lieberman did kill the public option, and Obamacare passed both the House and the Senate again without it. It's something that progressives have, have, have held against him since. So what about the second senator? The second is Nebraska Senator Ben Nelson. His concern was more local. Now, now to the crux of the issue, this bill sure. that is out there in the Senate right now. We understand you've been very clear that you do not like the idea of federal funding going towards abo abortions. You, pro you provided the amendment out there that did not pass muster with the Senate. Is that the single issue right now? If that were changed, would that be enough right now for you to go along with the bill? No. Okay. Nelson actually caved after Lieberman, therefore making him the 60th vote. Although many in Congress suspected that that's kind of how Nelson liked it. Here's a quote from an AP article written about his holdout in the moment. Quote, every senator likes attention if it means more clout in the seniority-driven chamber, but being the 60th is a position that they tend to either relish or loathe. As their influence grows, so does the pressure to conform. Nelson, age 69, this is back in 09, has shown an ability to weather such circumstances and perhaps thrive. Quote, Ben likes to play that, hey, let's get along, let's figure out a way to come together on this, says Representative Lee Terry, a Republican from Nebraska, a former Omaha City Council member now in his sixth House term. He puts himself in that role, Terry added, hearkening back to Nelson's time as governor. That's Ben. That's his personality. That's his leadership style. End quote. And just like Lieberman, Nelson got what he wanted. Not only tougher language on abortion, but also a kickback to his local Nebraska Medicare market that was eventually stripped out of the bill. And voila. Change is never easy, uh, but change is what's necessary in America today. Uh, and that's why I intend to vote for cloture and vote for health care reform. Now, I know we've spent a lot of time talking about the House this week and Nancy Pelosi scheduling the vote and what the vote was going to be, blah, 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 blah. But the White House's focus throughout this entire time has been on mansion and cinema. Why? Probably because of stuff like this. Biden was riding shotgun throughout this entire process and was very, very, very active in getting everybody on the same page. So he looks at the fact that the House will eventually come along if they know that things aren't going to get stopped up in the Senate. So clearing up the clogs of mansion and cinema has been his number one priority. And I think the history is kind of on his side here. But at the same time, if we are using history as, as our guide, then this Build Back Better bill is essentially going to be something that will be guided by these two senators. Because unlike back in 09, when you were talking about the Affordable Care Act, the Democrats had 60 votes there. They didn't need to worry about reconciliation. Mansion and cinema are their lifelines to the barest minimum way that they can pass. That means that their leverage in this process 
is that much more. No matter what is happening in Washington, D.C., no matter the fate of any of these bills that are we've spent so much time and ink talking about, there is really, nationally, in my opinion, one story that matters. It's the COVID, stupid. And I feel like this is something that I've said a lot recently. There's some troubling news for Joe Biden on this front. Specifically, a new Axios-Ipsos poll this week, which shows him underwater in terms of trust in, convey- in conveying COVID facts. So this isn't even his handling of COVID. This is trust that people have in him to deliver facts. Now, if you remember back about a year ago, a gigantic pillar of what Joe Biden was running on is that you can't trust what's coming out of Donald Trump's mouth on COVID. We're talking about drinking bleach and shining a a spotlight up your butt so you can kill the COVID inside. There was a trust gap in actually putting forth facts that the public needed about this once-in-a-generation problem. So what did this poll exactly say? 45% of those surveyed said that they trust Biden a great deal or fair amount to provide them with accurate information about the virus and the pandemic. 53% said they have little or no trust in him. Compare that result to a poll taken back in January, wherein Biden was uh, reversed. 58% believed him to uh, be great at at providing accurate information, a great deal or a fair amount of providing them accurate information. And 42% said they had little or no trust. Now, this slide is seen across the political spectrum. There's a net drop of 11 percentage points among Democrats and 17 percentage points with independents and 10 percentage points with Republicans. In the latest survey, 81% of Democrats, 42% of independents, and 11% of Republicans say they trust Biden on COVID. This is, of course, because of Delta the disease that came back after he asked the nation to to declare independence from the virus on July 4th. The closest that we got to reassurance that the rush to get vaccinated wasn't all for naught was to shame the unvaccinated for causing this problem. Of course, that is something that is cathartic to many, specifically those that feel like they want their freedom and it was denied them because there are Americans who refuse to take this life-saving shot. But no matter how good it makes some people feel to shame the other, Biden's making this his kind of stated position, the pandemic of the unvaccinated stuff, doesn't exactly deliver the promised post-partisan uniter-in-chief stuff that he ran on. What's more... And this is something that I think logistically is a real, real, real problem for him. It took away his win condition. The win condition was get vaccinated and it's over. And so we did. But instead of Biden being ahead of this and 
trying to message facts about the lack of severity in breakthrough cases or reassuring people that, yes, breakthrough cases do happen. Nobody said that any of these vaccines were 100% effective. We hoped that they would be anywhere between 65 to 75% effective. And yes, in trials, the Pfizer and Moderna both ranked in the 90%. And so maybe there is a bit of a retrograde from those trials to the real world. That's almost to be expected. But even then, when you factor in that there are more breakthrough cases than we might have expected initially, it still doesn't stop the fact that these vaccines are tremendously effective and there's and they're exponentially more effective than if you don't have a vaccine at all. Instead of doing that, instead of pointing out no, vaccines were the move, don't don't get overworried about breakthrough cases. He doubled down on the same capital J, capital D, capital S, just do something panic mentality of the lockdowns because the biggest thing that he's talked about since then are booster shots. And even that didn't go well since there was a disconnect between the White House, the FDA, and the CDC on how necessary those booster shots really are. So where are we now? According to Bloomberg's vaccine tracker, 214 million Americans have received uh, received at least one dose of vaccine. That is 82.9% of the adult population. The good news is that the Delta does appear to be on the wane in the states, that it hit the hardest, and by proxy, nationally. It appears that we peaked with Delta cases in daily reported cases on August 27th and daily reported deaths September 15th, which is two weeks after. That's usually been about when when it has been. Although in the past, it, it actually stretched out about a month. So it seems like the cases peak and the deaths peak might be coming a little bit closer together, but a little too early to say. The good news is, is that either match the peak of our worst stretch, which was last winter. And that's good news. Biden's approval rating currently hangs around negative 5% in the real clear politics average. And that's bad news. And in my opinion, it's all because of the vid. So whenever Biden does emerge out of this legislative crisis, and hopefully it's before another crisis slams into his shores, I think it's time for him to reset his COVID messaging before whatever happens in the winter, after we are past the Southern spikes this summer. Reassure the nation that breakthrough cases are not unexpected. We still need to be careful, but it is amongst a life that looks very much like the one you're living right now that we will have to build our future, not just for us, but for our kids. Not in defiance of science, but because we trust it. We have a real-world efficacy of these vaccines, and they're remarkable. All of the levers that could be pulled by the president currently are, even ones that are controversial, like mandating vaccines through OSHA. But once you've done all that, there's only one harsh truth that does need to be understood and could very much use the presidential pulpit to put it in the minds of every citizen. We are likely never going to get to COVID zero. 
you will likely get the virus at some point, no matter how careful you've been. You are likely going to be better off because you got vaccinated. It might not be that big of a deal at all. But the concept started oh so many months ago with 15 days to slow the spread, just hoping that next month is the month that it goes away forever is a loser's gambit. The faster that Biden rips off this Band-Aid, the quicker he can get credit for helping the nation build back better. Now I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Hey, that gigantic thing that happened yesterday. That thing that happened on Thursday. Why aren't you talking about it? You're taking us for a stroll down memory lane. That's nice. You're talking to us about the meta issue with COVID. I I, I think that that's valuable. But oh my God, didn't you see what happened with the vote? Didn't you see what happened with the senators and with the White House and everything? I did. Unfortunately, future me did. Because I record these episodes, the Friday episodes on Wednesday. That's so our illustrious editor, Brett, can get his hooks in it and make sure that it gets out to you on Friday. Unfortunately, as far as the two podcasts that we put out each and every week, this one is always going to be a little lacking when it comes to breaking news. However, if you are a patron of this podcast, if you go over to TakePoliticsSeriously.com and you sign up at the $3 level, you get the late edition. The late edition comes out on Thursday and gives you all of the coverage of any news that happens after I record this on Wednesday. So if you want to know my thoughts about what happened during that vote, did it get spiked? Did it pass? Did Mansion and Cinema? Did 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 Mansionema uh, uh, finally come to an agreement with Biden? Well, you have all my thoughts on the Patreon. If you head on over to TakePoliticsSeriously.com. if you sign up right now, you get access to that episode right now. So, I think that's a pretty good idea. Why don't you head on over there? TakePoliticsSeriously.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all of our patrons that make this show possible. Our guest today... He's one of my favorite people on the planet. He is the co-host of the Ice Cream Social Podcast. He is the co-host of Penn's Sunday School. He is somebody that is very much ensconced in the world of Las Vegas entertainment. Please join me in welcoming Matt Donnelly back to the show. Welcome back to the show, Matt. I'm excited to be here. So I wanted to talk to you because I, I feel like we need to get 
to the other side of a of a conversation that we set up uh, way back in the in the heady bygone days of of 2020. Yeah, pre vaccine, pre oh pre like uh, able to get a test easily. Yes, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody like locked down COVID. Like back when when everybody was kind of still assuming like, well, maybe next month. <laughs> well, the, and the only, uh, yeah, the only thing we could do was uh, uh, rally behind our hatred of our mayor was really the only choice there we, we had. Go. And, th- and this was all about the town of Vegas, which I, I find fascinating from a political perspective because nobody in Vegas that I've known that has spent any amount of time there is under any illusions of two things. Number one, that it is a factory town. Right. Like no, even if you run, if you work at a dry cleaner or, or, you know, some regular Joe job, you are, you are dependent on the strip. Yeah. Like the average, you know, yeah. The average grocery store worker has a defense of legalized gambling. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that the government is very simpatico with the idea of Let's all keep this thing going. Yeah, exactly. we're in a desert. So yeah. like, like the second that people stop or don't want to come to the desert for whatever we're doing <laughs> yeah. here, then this is a problem for all of us. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, yeah. It is a town that uh, very much understands that it's a, it, we, we all know the, the visitor numbers, you know, it's published yeah. in the newspaper. How many people come oh, to really? the, how, how many people come to the airport within a month? And compared that's to the like, that's before. like a rolling thing. Where yeah. You and can, the number like, of health is 4 million. Oh, if 4 million people come through Las Vegas month? airport for a month. Okay. Then we're, then it's good. We're good. If it dips below that, we're like, uh Oh, let's, let's start uh, pointing fingers and making changes. Yeah. Then hotel room rates drop, different promotions happen, like all kinds of weird, like it's a real, it's a real thing. And we all know the number. Everybody knows that, that's just like, it's like, oh, cold front's coming in. Like, uh, uh, yeah. uh, we, we were at 3.9. Time to start uh, discounting the buffets. <laughs> it's, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Uh, so when we were first talking, and this was with uh, you and your, and your ice cream social co-hosts, uh, Paul and Jacob. Yeah. What we were theorizing beyond, you know, getting the lay of the land was Vegas being the kind of city for which will always cater to the people that want to spend money. Right. That the the there was many different ways it could go. Nobody knew uh, it was an existential crisis for the city. Yeah. Uh, a respiratory illness in a place where you have to spend most of your time inside because it's hot as balls outside for yes. the vast majority of the year, at least the time of the year that people want to show up, that maybe it would become the safest COVID city in america <laughs> did we theorize that it was a theory it was tossed out oh boy how did that play out uh not well at all <laughs> not well at all i mean it, you know again las vegas desert living is fascinating so just this week cases severely dropped yeah now which it has around the country De- right. delta delta seems knock on wood to be kind of running its course at least in the Sunbelt yeah. hot areas where it, it, it is affected in the summer. So when the vaccines became widely available, yeah, we hit the old mark of 40% okay. when it first happened. In Nevada or Clark County? Well, Clark County was higher. Gotcha. But but still. Which is, which is the majority of Yeah, I mean, Nevada. most, most populous is in Clark County, and then there's the Reno, Tahoe area. Yeah. A little bit of Carson City, but we not really. Nobody cares. And then it's mining towns and prisons and that kind of stuff. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, uh, you know, 
it was not it, it was not a rally. Yeah. It was not the rally of like the vaccines here. We can we can all get safe and get back to work. That kind of a thing. So even for because that that surprised me in 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 the idea that it is a factory town. Everybody does need to get back to work as soon as possible. You got to attract as many people. Like so, I think what's fascinating is that. So I, I I'm going to try to I'm going to try to take a stab at this because yeah, the the media the you know in media it's either that you are a anti-vax zealot yes. or a pro-vax zealot yes and because as it turns out those those two archetypes are very loud they're very loud yeah um but uh now nevada uh, or clark county all of nevada's at 70 percent. yeah and it's not because all these zealots change their mind mm-hmm. so it turns out like in vegas you can be around the excitement if you want, or you can very much not be around it at all. Yes. You can just, you can really not leave your, your area. Even, even if you are again, tangentially dependent economically on the fact that a a bunch of, uh, 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 from wherever are, are gambling their face off and partying and yelling at each other. The, 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 the life outside the strip is very easy to, to get to and, and you can stay there. There's plenty of creature comforts all around. Right. And so um, basically like uh, casinos leading the charge with like, uh, I don't want to get sued yeah. uh, or like mandates doing mandates for employment. And they were, that was early. That was early. That was, that was like, that was like among the first, like, Hey, we're either going to pay you or you we're at a, at a certain point we are going to mandate that you do it was that was like I mean I, that that was like spring like yeah. as soon as the vaccine hit the, the I feel like those casinos were were putting those in place. Yeah. But casino wasn't hiring back their staff right away. Oh. So so like in Nevada they they had to pass a law that was like, "Hey, if my job opens up, you have to offer it to me first before you can fill it with, with somebody else." else. Yeah. Because the casinos lost so much money that when they wanted to open back up and they could fill the hotels again, they tried to help their margins by not going with full staff. So gotcha. even right now, you have places that don't have like their their little sandwich shops by the elevator gotcha. are still closed. Yeah. You know, uh, restaurants have reduced hours still and that kind of stuff. And it's not from a lack of staff because most of um, the casino staff even is the culinary union. Yes. So it's not the situation that we have outside in the rest of the United States where people don't want to work in restaurants for low wages. It's a good wage culinary job to yeah. work in Vegas. Um, but therefore, but they can control the amount of staff they want to take back on. And so that is slowly coming back as the casinos are trying to make back the money of this like apocalypse year yeah. where where they were giving away rooms literally just to have any kind of a heartbeat. Yeah. And, you know, uh, one thing that bore fruit was uh from our early predictions was i said you know we're we're shutting down because we're trying to do the right thing yes if vegas were open it would be filled yes and that was correct because <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like like uh, uh uh the one thing i think that we definitely did get absolutely wrong yeah was the idea that people would be afraid of vegas right and as it turns out, the people that would be afraid of Vegas probably aren't the the, the Vegas power users. Yeah. That, like, there will be enough people. And, and I also think that the longer that the pandemic stretched, the longer the lockdown stretched, and the more starved people became for human contact, for excitement, for yeah. a vacation, 
the more Vegas became very attractive to be like, oh, low cost vacation, excitement around other people, the likes of which you might not have seen in in a while. Right. Like, like, there we go. It's there for you. And guess what? It's on sale. <laughs> it was. I mean, the post-vaccine pre-Delta. Yeah. That was a good time, man. It was that rolling. Was, Vegas was really felt fully back. It was very exciting. And then um, uh, Delta comes, visitorship goes down, room rates go down, and then the unvaccinated pile in. <laughs> it's really the way it works. I mean, I, you know, it's it's like there are metrics for it. I'm not even, yeah. you know, it's not even about, yeah. you know, being stereotypical or, or whatever. Or yeah. But like, I'll tell you a really funny side effect of it is, um, so for, for since I've lived in Vegas, 2008, mm-hmm. um, gambling has been on decline. Um, 2008 was the big financial crash. Sure, or whatever. yeah. So Vegas rebounded by doubling down on its resorts uh, yes. and not gaming. And, and so this was the big, you know, Vegas has always kind of had their own crises of uh, uh, like what they are. And, and you know, yeah. there was like the kids thing in the 90s and the kind of theme parky stuff that happened then. Uh, as gambling declined, it, it it felt like it was actually the most, the smartest like uh, uh, revamp that Vegas had done to be like, hey, what about all, what about food? Yes. What about pampering? What yeah. about shows? What about uh, uh, all these other things that are, are the reasons that I like to go to Vegas because I'm not a gigantic gambler. Exactly. And so gambling revenue has been declining, declining, declining the, the from 2008 all the way up until now. Really? <laughs> now gaming revenue is up in record numbers. <laughs> because people are looking to roll the dice. <laughs> so it turns out people who don't want to get vaccinated... <laughs> <laughs> are more, more they, they, they've got more yeah <laughs> they, they, have, they have more of an element of their of their psyche that they're like all right whatever so like really old school casino people are like well here we go <laughs> <laughs> finally finally we got some people here that are willing to spend some money yeah so it's, it's, it's a real metric and it's, that's, that's actually happening. funny yeah that's so funny yeah uh, so shows are the thing that that you are are most tied into. Yes. You are a show family. Your wife is involved. You are involved yeah. uh, in in various stuff. Uh, how has the sign curve for? And that's also probably the thing that interacts the most with public regulations because you're dealing with capacity and spacing and and stuff like that, as well as enough lead time to spin something up. From the last time we talked, where there were no shows, no shows. Bring me through this last year. So, um, uh, I was very, yeah, I was very involved with two shows relaunching through through the through the uh, end of the lockdown. Yeah, um, with Penn and Teller and Pith the Magic Dragon. Um, you know, uh, like I said, we we all experienced that Shangri La moment when it was pre Delta. Post vaccine. So vaccines in, it's like we're back and no we're never, we're never mask. looking back. No masks. Look at this. We made it. We did. We all played by the rules. We did the right things, yep. and now we will reap the rewards. And then, no, no, that will not <laughs> happen. In fact, uh, Penn Gillette uh, from Penn and Teller got a breakthrough case. Okay, you know, um, and full disclosure, I co-host his podcast. Yeah, there's an episode where he details that uh, tremendously. So I'm not talking out of school there. But, uh, you know, that the, the, the economic impact is that, boom, the show shut down again for two weeks. Yeah. So everyone has a job. 
doesn't have a job for two weeks. And that's really more around Vegas, the frustrating thing, which is that it's the lack, it's the, it's the volatility of will I be working? Yeah. You know, which is good. That means the vaccine is so effective. We're not talking about surviving. Sure. But it's still dire. Turns out. <laughs> two, weeks of, yeah, yeah. two weeks of, yeah, two weeks of, I'm back. We're all recovering. And so to, all of a sudden to not have two weeks is, is pretty crazy. So how were the, how were the crowds like I guess, as as they came back did uh like so for let's just use Penn and Teller as as an yeah. example uh do you go quarter crowd pods full crowd half crowds so, spread them out so Vegas is still very much full crowds with masks that's where okay. we are right now gotcha. and we were full crowds with with masks optional uh before Delta before Delta gotcha and there's a couple of factors with that one is uh. Like you said, everyone came roaring back. So yep. people rushed out to Vegas to see shows. So that, yeah. that was great. Now, um, to go from no mask to mask, I mean, the truth is like even, you know, your your average vaccinated person, if they can go do an activity where they don't have to wear a mask outside yeah, or sit in a theater inside with a mask on, a lot of people just don't want to do it, yeah. you know? So attendance is down on all shows across the board, uh, you know, a, a metric you can watch is like yep. typically a Cirque du Soleil show as 10 shows a week. Okay. I don't think any of them are at 10 except for maybe O uh, at the Bellagio. Yeah. Uh, o is the name of a show. Yeah. Um, uh, but most of them are doing some kind of, they're adding shows here and there, doubling up on certain nights, but not every night and that kind of stuff. Cause just so the they numbers are even there. now trying to figure out what's the right, yeah. cadence how, how could because again these are these are big spectaculars that that have a lot of people and that's you know if if for folks who have followed kind of like the plight of a lot of like local restaurants where yeah. you realize like either you can have the owner cooking food and and sending it out on uber at yes. which point he's only losing three-fourths of his rent <laughs> like right or like you what, what you can't do is be in a situation where you're a quarter open so you have to hire a quarter kitchen staff and a quarter of your wait staff because like then you're really crushed because you're actually losing money because you can't generate that that th sort of thing and this yeah. is like that x 100 when you're talking about you know eastern european acrobats and a pool and, and all everything else and also you look at like you know the the the, the this, again statistics are there where the economic breakdown of people who are or tend to be vaccinated and don't get vaccinated uh shows are expensive in yeah. Vegas, you know and so, um, you know, when, if, if it's the, and, and then if it's, oh, un, it's a ton of unvaccinated people are coming to Vegas and that's making the news, boy, does that double down everything? Yeah. It definitely makes someone who's on the fence stay away yeah. and makes other people who go like, Rudy Tootie, fresh and fruity, let's go. <laughs> let's, let's rock and roll. Um, those people aren't going to spend 180 bucks or 250 bucks to go see a show. That's not, because that Vegas was not built for them. Right that was built for for yeah. a different demographic and the demographic that might be more yeah. concerned about uh, uh concerned about these things exactly yeah and so that's happening also the, the huge factor i mean if you're talking to wait so, so does that mean like dollar shrimp cocktails like back in full force like uh, now if you go to the casinos uh <laughs> you'll see a lot more action at the food courts I was going to say, will. because there was an element of Vegas that has slowly gone away that I've, uh, despite the fact that I once ralphed on a plane because I ate a dollar <laughs> shrimp cocktail, I still love it. Uh, I, I am I am very much a, a fan of, of that element of Vegas. And it has slowly kind of yeah. gone away, even downtown that used to be like the last 
holdout of that on on a, on a large scale. Yeah. Now that's all hipstered out, and it's all you know. Yeah. Uh, 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 becoming. Uh, more cool and and forward focused and everything, but but now I'll tell you what if if old Vegas is coming back, I think there might be like a time for a, a, a pop up dollar steak. I should say basically all of Vegas right now is Fremont Street, so that's basically <laughs> what's happening. <laughs> what's happening? Um, I mean uh, the big uh, you know the big thing that Delta's really hurting is international travel. That's yes. the big thing that like no, that that uh vegas hurts vegas i think more than maybe some other towns yeah but but uh but certainly for shows specifically Cirque du soleil david copperfield you know like yeah. these are people who are international these are international claims international brands yeah so when somebody comes in from london or yeah. frankfurt or something like that they likely know cirque du soleil they likely know david copperfield they've been in, in the movies about vegas cirque du soleil features no it. language yes you know? oh, and perfect. so yeah. so like if you don't speak a lick of english you can go see seven shows you and, know and they're all going to be and great they're all gonna be and fantastic. you're going to get you've everything out of it yeah you know and so like the, 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 that's a huge, gigantic market that's still stuck yeah that's still not not loosened up for for, for the economics so it's it's still very much a, a crazy weird thing. Um, the band aid, yeah, is the is sports. I was just gonna bring that up because that's the one thing that is new. Yep, that uh, Vegas has become overnight. So well, this, at least over over the last five years, not just it's always been a event town yes. with boxing and then with UFC. It is now like a major top line sports town for football and hockey and god knows when when baseball is going to show up but but if, if you look at the results at the first two sports i, I can't imagine it's going to be long no i can't imagine it's gonna be long either um and i'm really hoping for an nba team um nba i mean that's i would uh, you, you you might be able to put together a super team immediately yeah well, exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and then lose i was just gonna say i mean like like that that's always like the joke with like you know as as a as a heat fan i'm like look there's two things that we always know number one we're gonna be able to punch above our weight in terms of free agents because they want to live in florida yes and two that especially during the regular season the other team's going to suck because they'll probably just be thinking about leaving their credit card in south beach vegas is that x a hundred uh, I encourage anyone to go look at the first season of the Vegas Golden Knights, <laughs> uh, because we have friends. We have I have friends on shows and yep, stuff. Yeah, and so I was working with the uh, uh, social media team for a particular show, uh -huh. and sure enough, all we're doing is putting up photos of famous hockey players <laughs> who are coming out to the show. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I don't think it was their last stop. No. And so a I don't, lot I don't of think they, they had a warm glass of milk and uh, went to bed prepared for tomorrow's game. They were calling it at the time. I mean, it, it, it's funny they're called the Vegas flu. The yeah. Teams are coming here and getting the Vegas flu, but sure enough, the home record of the Vegas Knights was pretty impressive. Pretty good. And they went to the Stanley Cup finals in their first year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's been a big thing, but I guess here's, here's my question. Yeah. They built that gigantic stadium that mm. it seems to be a massive hit space yeah. uh, in terms of location. Like people can walk from the strip to it. Yes. Like it's, it's, it's a perfect, uh, 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 placement, but they didn't open it up for the first year. They right. just started having events. So what is the the policy now from a state and local perspective on on that? Well, again, you know, it's it's Nevada. So all of it is being dictated by business leaders, you know. Yes. Um, so there's no there's no state policy, but but um the owner of the Raiders, uh Mark, Mark Davis, Davis, 
Uh, and his bowl cut. Yeah, best haircut and best haircut <laughs> in the land. Someone was like, someone, uh, somebody on a text thread was like, ugliest NFL owner. And then I quickly found Jim Irsay's mugshot. And yeah, I was like, no. there's competition. Yeah, no, he's, 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 he's middle. He's middle of the pack. Like he's borderline hot in that. If, if we're, if we're doing that category. So, um, but uh, he uh, said um, vac- vaccinated only for Raiders games. Okay. And uh, and you can get vaccinated on site and wear a mask if you want to enter. So wait, so you can get the shot and walk in. So if you're with unvaccinated, yeah. you can get the shot and walk in with a mask on. Yeah. Uh, even though it's not, you know, the, the, the two weeks that, you know, yeah. people recommend that, that your antibodies build up. But they're yeah. like, look, we're, we're just here. If we can get people shot up walking in the door, then that's a public good. And in terms of like people said, that's going to be crazy. It's going to make uh, tickets go away. I think less than 20 people gave up their season tickets because of that policy, even though there is outrage. And then I can only imagine that the, those 20 season tickets have are still on the market. And nobody's <laughs> picked them up. Rotten on the vine. Yeah. <laughs> so say then uh, over 400 people have gotten vaccinated going to Raiders games. Yeah. Um, which is which is just funny to me. That like, because that can't be a zealot. They can't be like, there's microchips. Oh, go Raiders. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You're new to the Raiders. I lived in Oakland. Uh, uh, oh, good point. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you walk through uh, a, a Raiders tailgate, like it is a scene. Like, yes. And, and, and combine that with the fact that apparently when all this was being decided of which teams were going to go to LA and which teams were going to go, you know, somewhere else. Uh, uh, nobody wanted to share a stadium in LA with the Raiders because they knew they were going to yeah, be yeah, yeah. the Mets to the Yankees immediately because LA loved the Raiders so much. And now considering half of LA empties into Vegas every weekend anyway, like it's basically, Oh, I mean, it is the, the, uh, the, the Oakland stalwarts are in the stands. Yeah. And also, by the way, probably around the same price, you know, because you don't have to park your car. Yeah. So you can fly to the airport and go to the stadium and Southwest flights are so like if you it's literally the commute time and the uh, (laughs) price. It's not that different. It's not that different. They go to a game in Oakland. Uh, so, so sports has been a, a huge boon then. Yeah. Cause right now, so even, even in regular times, this is like the convention period. This is like a, the, cause the, that's gone away. Right. Like so no CES, still, uh, uh, you know, I, I was even going to go, there was initially, uh, uh, DEFCON DEFCON. And then that wound up getting dwindled down to, to nothing. There've been a couple of swings. Uh, a couple of people tried to bring the convention back, but they're all, you know, uh, uh, you know, 10, 20% of what they normally yeah. are for live attendance. And then they have to all add virtual integration to make sure that it's still a thing. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't help Vegas. You're right. Um, so that's normally, this is when people line up a bunch of conventions between the summer and the holidays. Um, and that's not happening. But then last weekend, for example, we had the NASCAR event, uh, t- heavyweight boxing fights and Raiders home game. Wow. In one weekend. Vegas was slammed. Slam. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and that helps, you know, the bottom line, it helps hotel occupancy and things like that. Those people also don't go see shows. Yep. And, you know, you're talking about lack of conventions, conventions, there's a whole industry. Yes. Yeah. And that's still not at full force. 
but overall it's 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 a band-aid so it sounds like you know we, we've talked a lot about the the survivability of the the economy of vegas and how adaptable it's been and you know the kind of wins and losses that it's that it's right. gotten yeah but uh what i'm what i'm gathering is here is that like the the leadership of of the governor and whatever local business or whatever local interests there are in the clark county area yeah is is like whatever you guys need like yes. like like if you guys need to think that there's no onerous like fights between business leaders and and government yeah unlike i think like you see the battles in other states yeah government and business do understand that vaccination is the key to survival yes and there's no wiggle room on there's not many people wiggle rooming on that yeah but there's still like how do we still cater to anyone we're not gonna make a lot of rules for the people coming in the door the customer but we are gonna make as many rules as we can for the to keep our employees safe that kind of thing yeah it's a weird balance but again this is a town that's it's it's weird to be like please come here and lose money that's how we all keep our houses right? exactly so we're used to <laughs> compromise logic well, I mean, and, and it's just whatever's happening, it makes it, people happy and it makes them want to come back. And yeah. so that's that's just kind of what what works. And and on one level, you can look at it and say, OK, well, it's a it's a, it's a government dominated by business interests. And, and maybe the government should have more of a a you know eye out for the people. But then again, when all the people make their money either directly or tangentially from the business. Like it, it feels like there is at least a clarity of vision of we need to save our phony baloney jobs on every level here. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. And, and that's, I mean, you know, these are companies that have always leveraged all kinds of debt into still building everything they want to build and doing yeah. they want to build. And so, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, in the dark times, I guess when we, whenever we spoke a while ago, I mean, there, you know, I remember, uh, some performers and stuff that just thought they were never coming back. The Vegas would never recover from it. Yeah. And they're basically like, where can I go for the rest of my life? Like, where do I leave or whatever? And there are some people like in the shows we're talking about that are still stuck overseas because they did not think shows would come back as fast as oh, they did. Oh, really? And they can't come back. So they have the jobs waiting for them when they can return. But right now our countries don't let, not let each until, other in. Yeah, November or whatever yeah. when they're going to start letting people so in. So there's still like, yeah, there's still like this like, you know, weird we don't have to like name names but like have, have there been any like like smuggling attempts like like <laughs> trying to go like from country to another country to another country or? i never thought that i would have advice for someone who wanted to come from england to here but i do <laughs> you do <laughs> um yeah, i'll just say it I don't, I don't know why but i just sure. I, know, I know two people have done this successfully where Mexico has an okay policy with the UK and I've, Mexico has an okay policy with the US. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard it referred to as <laughs> Biden's back door. <laughs> <laughs> so like I literally someone panic, like how, how do I get back in the country? It's like, so I don't know how this works, yeah. but I know two people have done this and uh, that person is now in the country. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I, again, I don't know what they had to figure out or anything, but I, uh, uh, but yeah, there's there's definitely that, those kinds of things that are happening. But they're also like I know a couple that were like um, the husband stayed and the um, wife like flew back just to see family and be with family or whatever, thinking it was going to be a yeah six week couple month, thing. Couple month yeah thing, fifteen yeah. days to slow the spread. <laughs> and it's been over a year, you know, and right. they and, still can't right. and, can't and, get back. And we're still, I mean, we're we're, we're coming up on the two year anniversary of it having first cases in Wuhan. So yes. like, 
uh, it has it has been a, a a chunk of time for sure. Yeah, but yeah, so it's, yeah, there's, it's it's still it's still very much crazy. And even just checking in, I'm always laughing because it just feels so different in Vegas, like week to week. So like we could talk next week, and I'd be like, oh man, it's <laughs> all know? it's all gone. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be it's all gone, or it's back. It's I mean, back. Nothing yeah. would surprise me. It's just it's the strangest thing here. I mean, I guess that's that's the big. Number one, Vegas, a resilient town, a, a town that always, you know, very much likes to bet on itself, even if those are not wise bets. Yeah. Uh, but then recover from it and and figure something else out. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that it it has weathered this better than I thought. I mean, mostly because I thought that the, the prevailing attitude with a respiratory disease with at that point when we spoke with no vaccine on on the immediate horizon was just going to be whatever. And then I'll tell you what, it was only like maybe a couple months after that, that I had friends and extended family of the risk taking variety that were like, can't believe I got this suite in Vegas. Like <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. And there's I was still, like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's still, yeah, exactly. Those deals to be had. And, and also that, that, that everyone is a little less, um, uh, less a hundred percent about everything than they are in social media. Yeah. And, and, you know, as we kind of continue to move through this world, I, I really wonder as it, to me, the end game to me with COVID seems clear, which is we all just have to understand that COVID is going to be a risk in our lives for the foreseeable future. If you see fit to get vaccinated for which I've been a tremendous and outspoken advocate, uh, then please do. If you don't, via con Dios, but like, cause it is a very, very uh, harmful disease, but uh, I don't see the, the zero COVID world that I think many of us kind of hoped for. Yeah. I don't see it either. And, and even, um, I was speaking to, um, uh, actually a, a nurse, an ER nurse, um, was a friend of mine uh, who's been on the front lines of this mm-hmm. the entire time. And he said, he's like, he's like, you're going to get it. I'm yeah. going to get it. He's like, we're going to get it, but we're vaccinated. And so it'll, we'll be sick for a couple of weeks. He's like, he goes, it's, and he basically was like, he goes at the hospital, it's, you know, they can either accept the facts right away or we can put them in long-term care and then have the family decide a month later. Yeah. He's like, but that's what's happening nine over 90% of the time. Yeah. And he's like, it's just a matter of when they're going to die. For, for the, yeah. the, the, the people that come in and got people in the hospital with yeah. unvaccinated. He's like, it could either happen right away or we put them in long-term care and have to make someone in the family go, okay, we're going to stop paying for blank machine. Yeah. And then that's that. And then that's a wrap. And, and that's just, you know, and not to be too daunting about it, but that's just the, the that's just the practical, you know, advice from, uh, from the, from a, from a nurse, you know, in terms of Vegas, um, what I'm happy about is that like, I was worried because of Vegas's reputation. The short term solution was to go, who cares? Yeah. You know, and all of the studies that we've done especially on these when you have the, the mayor that doesn't have any power <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know screaming about how vegas yeah. needs to be it's its own you know the world's the uh, world's petri dish the world's petri dish yeah <laughs> which we, we now probably we should have done this early like uh, when you first mentioned her but again a reminder for people who are not from the area she is literally just a she's a, a mascot. mascot yeah yeah, yeah. she is not she has no actual power yeah um you know uh, but it was so clear from other studies of, of you know, the Spanish flu and everything else that long-term thinking, you know, you want to plan for the long-term yeah. economics rebound better. And so I'm very happy that the casinos and other big industries in Vegas have gone long-term 
Uh, they took they, they took could, the hit. Yeah. And now And so but, now as we even discuss these harder things now, that's still being done in the vein of thinking long term. Yeah. So well, and I think the hope being that like, well, not the hope, because I I I I don't know what would need to happen for them to think about locking down again. I think <laughs> everything in Vegas that that is open is is going to stay I, open for the foreseeable future. Again, uh Vegas is a tiny town. Yeah. So I know for a fact that Boyd. The governor does not want. Never again. Never. The governor. The, the, lock it down again is just not. Never forget. I don't he's think. Got, he's got a new never forget. <laughs> I do not think locking down again is in the governor's purview at all. No, no nor do I think that it seems to be in much uh, much of the American lexicon, which uh, I think, you know, is probably a, we, a, a good the, thing. The, yeah. Those who want to do it, did it. Yeah. You, you know how much it sucked. And now it's just a matter of, uh, you know. It's just also I think it's like look at at a certain point we got to trust the vaccine yeah like like that's that's been like my whole COVID shots equal body shots thing is that like this is this was the goal yeah we got to the goal and now look I'm not saying that the life we're living is going to be comfortable I'm not saying the life that we're going to live is going to be without fear or without the specter of this this disease but we got to live it yeah I mean and and I just described earlier the 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 uh, economics of you know, gambling goes up, shows yep. go down, dinners go down, that kind of stuff. So, like, it's not even like it's not about politics of the vaccine for Vegas. Yeah. It's like the 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 most prudent financial path forward is a vaccinated path. Yes. Regardless of what you want to think about. Because you can get higher margins on dinner <laughs> and yeah. shows. It's in yes. it's in, it's in our favor. Because that's that's been yeah. how 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 the, the, the tables have worked for the last ten years. Yeah. Uh the actuarial ones, not the blackjack <laughs> tables. Uh Matt, ice cream social. Yes. I never talk like this on ice cream social, but yes. No, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's like you guys never really do like like politics talk on ics with with very rare we, we occasions dip in and out but uh, we, we have it has to be funny on the other side so yeah i yeah. do a comedy podcast it's a timeout from this kind of talk but exactly yeah that's where you can find me and uh, Penn sunday school Penn sunday school of course his uh, podcast and then uh piffcast oh yeah yeah you can find me in the piff pod you're as on, well you're on the piff the piff i have pod. a secret magic podcast yep Africa Babble, yeah. which uh, I think we're going to do another episode of that. There's yeah. a lot, lot of, lot of me and you on podcasts over the next. I'm here uh, for it. Doing the, the full next car seventy two, the next seventy two hours. Uh, thank you so much, man. Yeah. Politics, politics, politics is written and hosted by me, Justin Robert Young, for Dog and Pony Show Audio in Austin, Texas. The show was edited by Brad Stewart. If you want to say thank you for giving us all the information about the Las Vegas world of entertainment, business, and politics, you can head on over to px3guest.com and uh, say thank you to Matt. If you'd like to email me, it is theyoungamerican at gmail.com. Our Twitter is px3tweets. You can follow us live on Twitch at px3live.com and our podcast shareable for all of your friends and family is px3podcast.com. See, it's a great thing because if if you steal one of my hot takes, and again, I always appreciate when people steal my hot takes. You, you do not need to credit me. But if somebody's like, hey, that's pretty smart. And you're like, yeah, if you feel like crediting me, you send them to px3, number three, podcast.com. Of course, if you want some merch, you can go on over to politicsmerch.com. If you'd like to support this show with a one-time payment, it is paypal.me slash payjury. 
Our Venmo is Justin-Young-20, and our cash app is PX3Cash. If you'd like to send me anything physical in the mail, it is P.O. Box 15-31-84, Austin, Texas, 78715. One more time, P.O. Box 15-31-84, Austin, Texas, 78715. Of course, you can always get our bonus content at TakePoliticsSeriously.com. The $3 tier gets you two bonus podcasts per week, covering all the news that we missed during our free podcast schedule. And the $10 tier gets your name read at the end of the podcast, like these fine folks in the Titanic. $10 tier, including... Idris Arslanian, DJ Katie Mack, Niemeister, Dr. G, Lord Scale, DeKinse Anile, Admiral Flapjack, Utah Jimmy Montana, Edmund Pluribus Unum, Pete Spicery, TV salesman from the 70s, or Spy, D, really? And Gloria Young for King of the New World Order, Zombie Doc, Edison, no mention on the podcast, please, Dot Com Junkie, DP4 Bongo, Pop Gold, Jewish Lives Matter, 100 Mile Runner, Ye old pinball shop, John. Snuffy's off route 44. Neil. Darren. Olin and Angela. DL. Stephen. Chad. Miranda Janelle. Chief Andy. Robert. Casey. Paul. The most conscientious nonpartisan listeners. Brad. Richard. D Laser. Just another pilot. Middle aged Mike. The Jen. Will. J Pink. And Andrew. You want to join their ranks? Only one place to go. TakePoliticsSeriously.com. And that's going to be it for us this week. Back with the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday show for the patron set. Uh, feels like we might be cloudy with a chance of heating next week because Heaton's going to be in town for a little bit. So whenever the old boy's in town, we always got to wrangle them. We're also probably due for a trifecta episode soon. So. That'll be it. Uh, I hope everybody has a nice weekend. A little rainy out here in Austin, but that fall season is here now. We are in to October, and I could not be more excited. All right. Till next time, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young saying some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more discuss politics. But this, this is the only program that dares discuss. Oh, Dog and Pony Show Audio.